Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Freaking first cut. Golly. Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman. That right there, Mark Immelman. And Mark, you are, uh, you're absolutely right. You were just telling me the old course, it's always going to get you <laughs> a, a great champion. And this leaderboard is absolutely jacked up. Yeah, boy. Just go, just go look at the honor roll at that place. I mean, you've you got to be sort of in the who's who to win tournaments over there. And and Sir Henry Cotton said it best. You know, he said, winning an open championship will make a good golfer a star. He said, but winning an open championship at the old course at St. Andrews will make a good golfer a legend. And if you look at folks that have won there, from Bob Charles to Bobby Locke to Bobby Jones to Jack Nicholas Tiger, these are legends, all right? And in his own right, John Daly is a legend. And Zach Johnson, he's won it. Augusta National and at the old course. Uh, the, the folks that have had success around there are really, really quality players. And and you know what? You can say what you like about is is the scoring high, low, intermediate, whatever it is. Whatever the scoring is, the cream is showing up at the top and, and they're doing so. And you can just get the sense that from when they tee off, you can see the show ponies start to arrive. And it's going to be exciting over the weekend. Uh, that's a new record. A Sir Henry Cotton mentioned less than one minute into the podcast. That's a that's new. A, well, that's why you bring the old guy to the show, right? I mean, you youngsters, right. you don't, you do you know who he is? No, I have no idea. How, how many opens I, did Henry Cotton win? Uh, because you're bringing it up, I'll say four, three. Okay. Uh, the, the European Tour Rookie of the Year wins the Sir Henry Cotton Award. Oh, okay. Mm, yeah, he's got clubs designed after him. When I was a kid, I played a Henry Cotton golf ball for a long time. Famously learned to play the game. He had very, very strong hands and used to just practice with an old club just hitting into like a um, an old tire, apparently. And that's how he got really strong through contact. Apparently, the guy hit it like, like a, obviously a legend. Champion golfer of the year in 1934, 1937, 1948. So Henry, Henry. there yeah. you go. Little, little uh, fun fact for you. All right. Uh, before we jump into the top of the leaderboards, talk about the golf course. That tends to be the star, especially when it is the old course at St. Andrews. Mark, it was um, a little bit easier in terms of scoring conditions today. Overnight rain, a little damp this morning, uh, change in wind direction. It just played entirely differently on Friday than it did on Thursday. Yeah, I was curious, you know, because the wind that was sort of westerly and then a little southwesterly in round one and in some of the practice rounds, it was blowing from there and harder. Uh, the the really cold one comes out of the north some. Um, it sort of flipped almost east-southeasterly a little bit, which made that closing stretcher holes playing into a quarterly sort of left to right or a little bit. And, and you know, as I was watching some of the golf, it seemed to me that on the down uh, – if Carl was here, could probably confirm this. But it seemed to me that on the downwind holes, the ones going out – you know, one through, you know, seven, eight, and then you turn the loop and you come back in. Guys were struggling to get distance control, even with short clubs. 
even with the conditions being a bit more receptive. But then when they turned into that little uh, east-southeasterly, you could see them sort of hold draws up against the wind. You could see them bringing down balls a little softer. There were some hair-raising hole locations like the one on uh, on 16 there that was difficult, but the guys were able to get close to. And, and then um, the one on 15, it was front right in this little sort of tongue that sticks out the edge of the green, and guys could find it in there too, where if they'd had the opposite wind to those hole locations, the one on 16, they would have never, ever attacked. We're, we're there where it was sort of halfway between between 16 green and four green. So I feel like the wind switch helped a little bit. There's no doubt that the, the, the spritz the golf course got overnight and then some in the morning softened the conditions because you could just get the sense that you, as you looked at the pictures and you could see the greenness that it was more receptive. But the whole key was, and this is what I'm looking for tomorrow, clouds overhead help the golf course retain moisture. Clouds go away, wind picks up, then that stuff goes away in the blink of an eye. So um, the forecast is for cloudy and windy tomorrow. So I'm keen to see how the golf course plays as we go into moving day. Well, that very last group out on the golf course will feature not one, but two Camerons. It's Smith atop the leaderboard at 13 under par mark. Thanks to his Friday 64, eight under bogey free. Absolutely stellar round to fly him up the leaderboard and in true Cam Smith fashion, uh, very, very good with the flat stick. <laughs> I've got my foot lodged firmly in my mouth. I, I got to admit this. Here's my mere culpa. I had a brief conversation with my brother. He's over there on the call for a USA. And so, you know, we were just pitching names about the place. And, and I was like, you know, I'm unsure about Cam right now. I know he played well last week, but I've heard that his commentary is to be really aggressive off the tee and just hit driver everywhere. And I'm like, I'm not sure about this. Well, goodness gracious me, he drove it great today. His iron play was on the button. And, of course, he made some all the makeable putts, all the putts you have to, uh, to contend in big events. And then, of course, he buries that 60-foot bomb for Eagle on uh, 14, which is always a bonus. But uh, as I watch Cam Smith play, he's made some up and ins that have been mind-numbing, certainly through round one. And then here in round two, it just looked like he had a comfort about him. And I had a little uh, Twitter debate with Will Haskett, who likes the he likes his opinion once in a while. And um, so he was saying, well, a strokes gained approach, strokes gained approach. And I'm like, when you start to measure me a strokes gain, not afraid of the big moment um, uh, number of data uh, parameter, I'll listen. Because as I'm watching Cam Smith play, after that player's championship win, hmm. he just looks like he's okay with who he is. and then. And and where I first started to notice this about him was when he took down Justin Thomas at Royal Melbourne in front of the crowd and the international team needing him in the President's Cup to come through. He was in the penultimate match, I think, and he knocked off JT, who was playing awesome. And I was like, wait, this boy's not afraid. And then I spoke with a number of the Aussies, Ian Baker, Finch in them. And they're like, yeah, he, he's up for it. But today he was up for it, but he just looked like he was like, I'm okay. I belong here. You know, it's not like, oh my goodness, I'm leading the open thing. What do I do now? He was like, well, whatever, let's go play. And he just kept on hitting the right shot and obviously made all the putts he had to. Well, that mentality, Mark, might be put to the test uh, heading into the weekend here. Not only does Cam Smith go out and shoot his, the lowest round of his uh, major career, but it's the long, long wait until that Saturday third round. I think local time is like 
four o'clock, four fifteen <laughs> in the afternoon. So he's gonna have to stay busy on Saturday morning, I think. Yeah, he could go to one of the neighboring golf courses and go and play play eighteen holes, have a leisurely lunch and nap, and then go and warm up and play. Yeah, look, it's part of what you do, but you know, at the players' championship when he won, he was close to the lead thereabouts, and he, he handled that just fine. And that golf course there will climb into your psyche. TPC Sawgrass, that stadium, of course, because of how punitive it is if you miss. So your mind can go wandering on you very quickly. And he came out and dealt with that okay. Um, so I'm sure he'll be nervous. If he isn't, he's not human. Um, uh, but he's got the routine, I'm sure. And the one thing about Cam, you know, all of my experiences with him, because um, I tend to catch him a lot when I'm calling golf out in the golf course. And then we go and watch them loosen up before the uh, before the weekend round. And I ease over to him. And normally I'll just stand there and I'll check out what clubs they have in their bag. And I'll, you know, pitch a question or two to the coach, maybe the caddy. But I don't interrupt the player. It's their office. Cam will come walking over. He'll come lean on the bag. Hey, what's going on? You're going to y- jokes to tell. I mean, he's he's just a boy. He, he just enjoys what he does. And so I feel like he'll, he'll pass the time just fine. Uh, humor me for just one minute here, Mark. Let's Let's just give cam smith this one and let's give him the fedex cup thanks to all the points he's going to be earning here what what resume would you like you got one vote you got one vote for the player of the year scotty shefflers which is the masters the match play arnold palmer uh phoenix and i'm missing one doesn't he have one more no, he's got four, I think. He's got four, right? Okay. Uh, or would you like the Tournament of Champions, the Players, the Open, and the FedEx Cup? Uh, I'd go with the latter. <laughs> I really would. Um, uh, it's You see, I, I don't want to talk about strength of field too much, but the Players is a strong field. And the Open is a very strong field. Um and the Tournament of Champions, look, that's invitation only, and you have to beat, what, 50 guys or, or whatever it is. But he did that in a clinic. The scores he shot around there were just eye-popping. And so, yeah, if you had to pull this one off and then win the FedEx Cup, I think uh, Cam Smith is your player of the year, I do. All right, might be our uh, our late runner. We've been trying to come up with scenarios for months on how Scotty Scheffler doesn't win it. We'll <laughs> we'll see. There's a lot that has to happen uh, before we have more of those conversations. There's a lot of guys lurking. This leaderboard is incredible. We're going to talk through that. We're going to talk about Tiger Woods. We're going to look ahead to the weekend. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain. Those numbers do not add up to me. And I know it can be confusing the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple. And that's where super feet comes into play. These super feet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking uh, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. 
It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, They've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there, and I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now, here's what you can do for for our listeners. Uh, First-time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. And we're back. 13 under par for Cam Smith. Cam Young... 11 under par, two shots back. It was a Friday 69, two bogeys on the card. But as expected, Mark, I mean, Cam Young's, I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't know if he's going to win the Open Championship, but his skill set, his demeanor, what he's already proven on a bunch of different golf courses this year, incredibly talented. I I don't know if he's going to win. I don't expect him to eject out out of this championship. No, I, I have two observations, and I <clears throat> I traded texts with his dad, uh, David, and coach. His, his dad is also his coach, David, um, after the first round. And look, they're just all very excited. And David, dad, has has trained his son well. And it's not to swing the club well. It's to be a good professional golfer or just a good golfer all around. And I've got a couple of observations. Um, final round of the PGA in Tulsa earlier this year, I had Zalatoris and him. They were playing together in the penultimate group. And Cam sort of got off to a bit of a nervy start. He wasn't hitting at that flush, missed a few balls, was kind of spraying it a little bit. And he was over. And then all of a sudden, there on the par five, I think it was number five, hits this drive down there and hits. He doesn't carry a three wood, he carries only a four wood. And he hit this thing like on the button off a downsloping lie into the heart of the green. And I was like, whoa, all right, this is real. And then he sort of kind of stumbled a little bit. And then the next thing I turn around and the guy's got the lead standing in the middle of the 16th fairway again. And then he fans it off into the right bunker, makes a silly double. And all of a sudden he ends just one back. Hmm. So he's got this skill where no matter what's going on, He's just always there and he keeps himself in it. And I feel like a large part of what he does is look, he hits it a long way. That's helpful. Um, he's got tremendous touch. He's got wonderful hands around the greens, but the thing about him is, is that I would contend when I watched him play and how I, I just watch him, what he does, he shows zero emotion whatsoever. The guy's heart rate looks like it must be beating at about about 40 beats a minute. And he never shows any sort of emotion if a shot goes bad. The final round before the PGA, Rick, 
we've got a lot of time right before mm-hmm. the uh, the broadcast in the afternoon. So I go to the range because they've got me on um, stick on Will Zalatoris duty, you know, for updates from the range because Will's obviously the the television guy. Zalatoris showed up there like an hour and a half before his tea time. Cameron Young showed up on the practice range about 45 minutes before his tea time. <laughs> hit a few wedges, hit a few eight irons, hit a few like longer irons, hit a few drivers, went over and hit a few putts, and that was him. I'm like, this is the biggest round of your young life right now. I would have been out there grinding. Not him. Hit a few balls. He's so chilled out, and nothing phases him. And I feel like that is why he is sort of a man for the big moment right now, because even though there's all this brouhaha going on around him, he keeps it on the down low and it's fascinating to watch him operate. Uh, yeah. It can be hard to find a pulse on him at some, yeah. at some points. Uh, Cam Young making his sixth major start. He's made the cut for the second time. Obviously that PGA championship earlier this year was the other. Justin Ray lets us know that 11 under par, that's the lowest 36 hole score to par by a player in his open championship debut. There you go. Cam Young, uh, obviously getting out there and, Getting and off to and, and they must do this, and and he's doing that around a place who is that is notoriously hard to figure out, mm. because a, a lot of the links courses like Muirfield, Fargeman, Sex travels around in like the, you got outside and inside, and then Troon goes out and in, and then Ross and George is just all over the place, and Hoylake is kind of the same thing in Birkdale. so you know you could sort of figure out trends around there, but the where this the old course sits, you can get wind from all different directions. And whereas a lot of the courses like St. George's, Fargum and Sex, has got huge mounds on either sides of the fairways and those block some of the wind, this place is wide open. And when the wind gets to, gets to blowing, it, anything. So figuring this place out is just so difficult. And this is his first go. <laughs> and he's, he's broken a record doing it. I'm glad you mentioned knowledge and experience because uh, it is not lost on me that earlier this week, Cam Young got a new caddy. So he used to have his college buddy from Wake Forest on the bag, switched it out with Chad Reynolds, who's looped for VJ and Nick Watney and Keegan Bradley and has done major championships before. And I wonder if that's helping around the old course this week. Well, Chad has also worked for Cameron uh, Champ, Cam Champ. And so he's navigated a guy with a lot of power around the place. And and as I've watched Cam Champ play when, when, when Chad was on the bag, you could see that he was trying to sort of just manage the game a bit more mm. and i that i have no doubt is um chad's influence because of who he's worked for and a lot of caddies have had these influences i mean jimmy johnson had the same thing on a young justin thomas because jimmy had worked for nick price hall of famer steve stricker likely going in the hall of fame and then he picks up this young stud in jt so uh, yeah i feel like that's a really sound addition and it'll stand him in good stead if not this weekend certainly down the track that penultimate group at 10 under par will be Rory McIlroy and Victor Hovland. Let's start with Rory. It was a four under 68 for Rory. And Mark, this was a small hurdle leaped, in my opinion. You know, there's there's been a lot of struggle for Rory to get out of the gate well at open uh, at major championships. And if he happens to play well on Thursday, sometimes he kind of gives it back and loses ground on, on Friday, but to be this, uh, this much in the mix, he was very pleased with the state of his game. Uh, when he was asked about it after his Friday round, I mean, Rory is lurking. 
He is. And two things. I find it still somewhat curious that a lot of us are like, well, we're waiting for Rory to fold this thing up. I mean, this guy is going to waltz into the Hall of Fame when he dis- mm. when when he becomes eligible. Okay, so let's preface the, the conversation with that. But I've, I know earlier this year, I'm not blowing my own trumpet or anything, but I said to you guys, I'm watching Rory and I'm seeing it turn. And when you and I were in Vegas in the fall, I, mm-hmm. just the way he was approaching the game was different. And I saw where the swing was going, but it looks to me and it looked even then that he was adopting this more managerial tech, almost like playing like a Tiger Woods would, all right, where Rory was always more like Phil Mickelson in a way. There was no shot he was not going to try and take on. And when it worked, he was going to dust fields by 10. And the, the way this course is played in the first two rounds, even if the, the, even though the scoring is low, you've had to sort of just hit the right shot at times. And there was a shot he hit in round one that was telling. I mean, after he's absolutely laced one down 17 there, and he could throw the thing onto the green, underhand it onto the green, he hits a gap wedge just to the right side of the target because the lie was so tight and bad. He was afraid that if he tried to hoist this thing, he'd skin it over the back. Now, old Rory would have went after the latter. New Rory's like, all right, I'm going to run my chances here over the long haul if I try and hit the shot that I'm seeing. Rory 2.0 is like, okay, this thing is a 72-hole event. If I keep doing what I'm doing, I'm likely to be in contention over the last few holes. So I'm not going to ruin it right now with a rash decision. And I'm seeing that, and I saw more of it today because, you know, going out, he didn't get off to the golf course like people typically do, but he just hung around, you know, hit the ball in the right place, had that three-putt on uh, eight, which was sort of harsh, um, and then turns the loop there, makes three in a row, and that birdie on 17 was a bonus. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's remiss that the, uh, the three-putt on 15, I think it was, and not birdieing 18. But that's what 18 is. I, I, I found it curious that you watch the broadcast and they're like, oh, 18 is the easiest hole on the course. You're going to make four birdies around there. I'm like, yeah, you should. But just one crooked bounce in one of those humps and some of those hole locations right over the Valley of Sin, you're not putting straight up the hill. Right. You sort of angle across that thing. And so judgment of speed is so hard. And you could be in the wrong place by just a few inches and have no chance. So um, I, I thought today was was just Rory doing what Rory's been doing. And he was rewarded with a good day, and and he's rewarded with a shot over the weekend. And and I fancy that he will continue to do what he's been doing because he's realized now that, hold on, this stuff is sort of working for me. Well, Roy might have found the magic number. 10 under par is where he sits through 36 holes. The last two times that he's been at 10 under or better through two rounds of a major, 2014 Open Championship, Mark won that one. Mm-hmm. And the 2011 U.S. Open, Mark also won. That one might be headed towards another Rory victory. And the Open, he won at Hoylake. The golf course was playing the same sort of way as what it is now. There was a little green about it, so you'd get the odd bounce where the ball would sort of dig in and not release, and you'd hit one where the ball was like a racetrack and just run 100 yards. And he held off a hard-charging Garcia around a pretty difficult place in Royal Liverpool. So, you know, there's a lot of golf left. But if he just keeps doing what he's doing, and his comments after the round today... Uh, that was indicative thereof. He's like, yeah, I'm happy with today. I've just got to keep being patient. And, and he made a comment too that I tweeted about. I was just looking through some of the transcripts quickly. And he spoke about how his mind, his mind is quiet. And if you can have a quiet mind in the midst of any major championship, 
I mean, just even a PGA Tour event, but at a major championship, then you move this thing to the old course, the 150th, the Open Championship, which for all internationals is probably the 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 tip of the pie, the, the the tip of the peak. If he's saying he's got a quiet mind, I'm like, man, I want whatever you're having because that is <laughs> you don't get to that place very often. Well, Rory will be alongside another international on Saturday. That international is Victor Hovland, who shot a six under 66 highlighted mark by holding out for Eagle on 15, uh, which was one of those ridiculously tucked pins that no one should be able to get to. He said, I'll just I'll just hold it out from here. No big deal. And now we've got Victor kind of really in the heat of a battle of a major championship on the weekend for the first time. Um, I was you know what impressed me? was the pass save he made on 17. Mm-hmm. Look, he played beautifully both rounds. And, and today was really sound, and he did everything right, and he looks like he's a veteran. But that pass save on 17 was man-sized. And, and that was just perfectly set up for him to birdie 18 and to go into the weekend going, yeah, I'm here. Because a lot of the players I've been around that have contended in majors and the golfers I've worked with, uh, that have won big events and a uh, couple majors. They all know that they're capable of winning major championships. Some of them sort of believe it. Others believe that they can win major championships. So that when they get into the situation, it's not like, oh my gosh, what do I do now? It's like they've prepared themselves emotionally and mentally for this environment because it's just different. You, you can't practice this on any range. And and that save he made on 17, because look, that grandstand behind the right side of the green, it stretches into the heavens. You've got the old course hotel to your right. You've got the jigger in right there. If you glance to the left, it's the most iconic view, arguably, in all of golf. And you drill a pop out there of about 8, 10 feet, that shows some stuff. And when he did that, I'm like, okay, this boy is for real. We always knew he was because he had the gifts, the skills, the way he hits it and stuff. But that was a big save, and that was super impressive to me. Yeah, very tactical around the old course. He is—he's um, one of the subscribers to the that Eduardo, Eduardo Molinari course management system, similar to I guess Decade. So mm-hmm. he's with—he's with the Eduardo crew, and uh, you know when you look at the old course on paper, Mark, you know Victor's strengths, the ball striking. You, you wonder with the wide fairways and lack of rough. Um, how much that lends itself to him, but it's such a strategic course. There's so many options. There's so many different ways to come in that that's half the battle. Yeah, well, I'll add to that too, because look, the old course is strange because the fairways are wide and the greens are huge. But you and I, look, I'm going to speak this into existence. Rick Gaiman and I are going to go to the old course and play around a round of golf together. Let's right? do it. Done. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Boys trip. We could, fans can come to. Uh, I could go and put you in the fairway at spots over there that you couldn't keep it on the green, even though you've hit the fairway. And I'd put you in spots on the green where you would never, not just a long ways from the hole, but you'd never ever two put. So that's the challenge of the place. And then when you get it like we have it right now, where it's so firm that it really places a premium on how you present the leading edge of the club to the ground. Because if you're not landing that thing in absolutely the right place with any iron, except especially the wedges, you're going to really suffer. You might have a ball that lands on the green, but it's going to release out. And the next thing you've got 50 feet instead of 25 or whatever the case might be. So that's where 
it's playing into Victor's hands because he compresses the ball and just presents the face so square through impact. McElroy, the same sort of deal. Uh, and so that's why you're seeing some of these guys, Dustin Johnson, who just hit the thing right in the middle of the bat every single time. When you've got firm conditions and the club's got to interact properly through the ground, that's where these folks will typically thrive. Speaking of Dustin Johnson, Mark, it was a Friday 67, which is five under to get DJ to nine under par for the championship. Currently sitting solo fifth. He is the live golf headliner. He is uh, their best bet to go and spoil this thing for the PGA tour. But DJ looked uh, in control. He bogeyed the first hole, a little sloppy there out of the gate, but was awesome after that. At a golf course where... When you walk around there and you go into the Tom Morris Pro Shop, and I've never been in the RNA Clubhouse, but you go to Rissex and you go to the Jigger Inn and you go to Mob Bells down the way, it's like you feel the history of the place. And you can imagine old Tom Morris sitting on the white banister there on the right side of the 18th with a pipe in his mouth watching you play golf. There is the spiritual atmosphere about the golf course there. Now, I say that to say that DJ has got some history over there. And he played beautifully in rounds one or two, but he's got to get by round three tomorrow at this very old course. Because in 2015, he put on a show for the first two rounds. In fact, Jordan Spieth, who played alongside him, said, I can't hang with this guy right now. He is just playing too well. Then almost overnight, DJ comes out there and was playing like Austin Johnson who's pretty good, incidentally, and he shoots 150 over the weekend and blows the thing. So, look, he's looking all the part right now. He has to get by the ghosts of round three, 2015. And if he does, look, all bets are off. Um, We know he can win major events, so we'll see then. And then the one other comment I would make is that I've been so impressed with the way he's holding out, you know, because he's always good for one, four or five, six-foot miss. Mm Mm-hmm. And everything he's made has been with perfect speed right into the heart. And the stroke looks sort of even and smooth. So um, you mix that with some ball striking skill like he does, and you've got a recipe for some success. A recipe for success, a recipe that Tiger Woods has uh, completed 15 times in major championships. We're going to talk about him. We're going to talk about some disappointments and other guys who missed the cut. And we'll look at the odds board. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. And we're back. Mark, it's Tiger Woods. Uh, Tiger Woods will not 
be around for the weekends at the old course. Let's start. Let's start with his play on the golf course. A Friday 75, three over par to go with his Thursday six over par. That's nine over. Never threatened the cut. Uh, how would you assess the golf that you watched from Tiger Woods over the first two days of this Open Championship? There's a term that us golf announcers sort of throw around lazily. And when a person doesn't play well and they've had a break, we, we go like, he's rusty or she's yeah. rusty. Um, but honestly, I think Tiger was kind of the picture, the embodiment of a little rustiness. The practice looked great. Everyone was saying, oh, Tiger's flushing, all this sort of stuff. But then the tournament comes around and you're on the first tee at the old course and you're playing uh, the Open Championship there. It's different. And so you could see uh, on the first round, the golf swing was a little out of time. Now, was he? did he get very unfortunate on the first hole in round one? Yeah, absolutely. But that irony struck off the tee wasn't very flush at all. I mean, he was, he'd normally hit that thing farther than where that area of divots was. But that's beside the point. So physically, and then today, he said, I've got to come out and shoot 66 or whatever the case might be. And every swing he made, even with the wedges, just looked a touch late. It was just like, if it was a symphony, it's just one individual playing at a time. So it sounds like a mess, even though it looks good from the outside. And that's all it was. And I feel like that is very much a, a result of just lack of tournament playing and time. Because, um, look, his mind is unlike any other. You know, we, we all know he can get up for it. He's proved to us that very point at Augusta National earlier this year and then at the uh, at Southern Hills as well. So it just didn't look to me like the golf swing is completely there. And, of course, I've said it. I'll say it again. You cannot out-hit or even out-wit a, a, putt, a putter that doesn't behave. Yeah. Especially from, like, inside 10 feet. And Tiger, when he was in his prime, you remember, Tiger would have 10 feet on the 16th hole on Sunday. I'd bet my mortgage that it was going right in the heart, right? Mm -hmm. And now he's over the stuff, and you're like, ooh, shucks. And every putt that he hit was sort of limping at the hole. It wasn't rolling at the hole with some conviction. Everything was lowish. Everything was sort of low on energy. Not under red, but just under hit. So that, again, speaks of just, just lack of tournament time to me. Yeah, didn't have the speed, couldn't find it all week long. Uh, Marquis walked up uh, 18 fairway. He crossed Swolken Bridge, did not you pause, cried? Did, did not, you cry? You cried, did not stop. Uh, listen. You, know. <laughs> you cried, I cried. <laughs> I cried everything. Uh, yeah, so here's uh, Tiger's tweet. He gets he gets an unbelievable uh, ovation to the point where he's he's tearing up. He's, he's losing control a little bit. The tweet from Tiger, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, Jacob has it up, says, quote, Although I'm disappointed to be heading home, I had an incredible week at St. Andrews celebrating 150 years of history and the game we love. I want to thank this place for all the memories it has given me and to the fans today for having the walk up 18 be added to that list. And quote, Mark, um, he made it very clear in his, in his post-round comments. He believes he's going to continue to play more open championships. He does not necessarily believe he's going to not have an opportunity to play the old course while as competitive as he would probably like. Hmm. Yeah, it's sort of sad, isn't it? Um, but I feel like it was a conundrum for him to walk over that beautiful little bridge um, because somewhere in the back of his mind, I guess, he would be like, you know, I should stop here and pose for pictures if I don't <laughs> think I'm ever going to play here again. Right. But then if I do that, then everyone's thinking, well, I'm done. Right. And, and, and look, the, the woods mind is willing. It's just that the body is not that able right now. So 
so so that special walk over there was i think he dealt with it as like a pro like he does with everything else and i was just you know not to make this about me but i was there in in 05 when jack retired mm. and he stood on the bridge and had the pictures and then birdied the last and the place just went bananas for like 10 minutes standing ovations everywhere i'll never forget on the side of the green i was right there and tom watson is clapping hands for jack nicholas who's like a, just kind of appreciating the crowd and tears are everywhere and the place is unbelievable and woods is right in behind him with and he won the event um and i'm glad the tiger took the time that he did to appreciate this and i'm even more glad then that max homer and matt fitzpatrick just kind of dropped out of the way and let the greatest one of the greatest of all time have his moment there at the home of golf and and we all knew it was special he knew it was special the fact that he was emotional like he was he's i've never seen tiger cry on the golf course like ever maybe after the round like at 19 at the masters so it was special and it was moving and it was the perfect place for it and he dealt with it great and look let's just let him now rest and let's let's see where he shows up again but 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 I feel like this event was sort of telling in a way because it's going to be the easiest walk of all the places he's likely to play. Right. And he still looked like he was struggling. So who knows what the future holds? Yeah, the boys the boys read the room. Max and Matt uh, hung back, let Tiger take the walk. Rory and JT and everybody who were coming off of number one, T at the time, gave him a little hat tip. Everybody everybody read the room. Very nice moment mm -hmm. that I'm sure we will see uh, played quite a bit moving yeah. forward. We're going to see that one. We're going to see those images a lot. Uh, Tiger's not the only one who, who will not be making the cut mark. Uh, I mean, take your pick here. A couple of notables, Colin Morikawa will not be around on the weekend to defend his title. Max Homa, who played with Tiger has had an unbelievable year. That group uh, on Thursday, there was no juice. Matt Fitzpatrick kind of broke out of that group on, on Friday. Phil Mickelson, Brooks Kepka also will not be around. It's the first time Brooks, uh, will not have a top 10 in a major in, I think it's eight years now. So some other guys who will not be around on a weekend that we're used to seeing. Yeah. Uh, as it pertains to Max Homer, I'm sort of prepared to give him a pass because he was a guy that a lot of folks had their eyes on because he's just becoming that sort of a player. Very reliable golf swing, sort of easy mind, putts nicely. But he got to live his dream here for two yeah. rounds of golf alongside yeah. his hero at the home of golf. Now, that is the ultimate argument for everyone who sits, and this is not directed at you, Rick. Everyone okay. who just gazes at data all day long is like, well, he's not hitting his irons right. Because there's so many things that have an influence on how the golfer at the highest level performs. And so for Max, it was that um, speaks to the mindset of Matt Fitzpatrick that he could sort of play past all the brouhaha. Um, but I, I'm, I'm finding Brooks Kepka just absolutely fascinating right now. Mm. Um, he has a guy who was infallible just a few seasons ago. He has a guy who spoke down to just nearly all and sundry in the game. And now it looks like he's a, well, doesn't look like he's a shell of himself. Mm. And for any aspirant golfer listening to this, there's a lesson to be learned that you got to be careful when you're on top of the world because the world spins. And, you know, a great analogy I I got from a wise old man one day. He was like, I grew up at the coast. And he said, golf is like surfing. He goes, you work hard and you paddle hard to get out beyond the waves. 
then you get on the wave and you have exhilaration for five, 10 seconds. Then you fall over and you do it all again. He said, that's what tournament golf is. So when you're on the wave, be careful what you say. He goes, just be professional about professional about your craft. And and so I'm I'm finding Brooks sort of curious right now. And I hope for his sake he gets by it. But his actions with where he's gone to go and play tell me otherwise. So it's 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 just strange. 7375 for Brooks, and he will not be around this weekend. Our friends over at Caesar's Sportsbook, Mark, have installed Cam Smith, who is currently one shot clear two shots clear, excuse me, of everyone else at as the favorite at plus 185. Rory McIlroy, who currently sits three shots back, plus 330. Victor Hovland also there, three shots back, uh, eight to one, the same odds as Cameron Young at eight to one. So um, we can get further down the board, but these are the guys that uh, Caesars has honed in on to end up hoisting the Claret Jug in two evenings. Well, if you picked up Rory or Cameron or these guys at the start of the week, you're smiling mm. broadly right now. Um, what's that statistic that I saw yesterday where apparently all of the open champions at the old course, the winner has come out of the, the top three guys on Thursday? It's been, uh, I don't think it was the top three. I think it was ever with, you have to be at the leader within three shots. Okay. Uh, and that would have been young uh, Rory. And Cam Smith, right. Yeah. Well, look, uh, we've talked, or I've talked at length about how just mysterious and mystical and spiritual St. Andrews the town is. And then, of course, this old course. So I'm prepared to stick with the trend. Um, Cameron Smith, like I said, he just looks like he believes. And Cameron Young looks like he doesn't give a stuff. Now we'll see what happens Sunday afternoon if he's around. And Rory is playing the game differently. His golf swing is on point, but he's playing the game differently. His mindset, his decision-making, it, 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 I don't want to say it's his time because you never know in this crazy game. You know, he could play his best and get outwit and outbeaten. And beaten. But it's uh, it's fascinating to see, and I'm not going to make a call until, you know, 72nd hole, hopefully, uh, tomorrow, uh, Sunday afternoon. If Kyle Porter were here and I asked him what the real lead was, I think he'd have to tell me it's Cam Smith at 13 <laughs> under par. I don't think he could. I don't think he could go any lower than that from our tournament of champions winner and our our players champ. Um, so, Mark, how how far back? Because Scotty Scheffler, who's had an unbelievable year, is only mm. five shots back. Patrick Cantlay's six. Matt Fitzpatrick's seven. I mean, how could one of these guys end up making a move up the leaderboard and uh, threatening this thing? Yeah, of course they could. Um, we've seen low rounds out there. We saw 64 on Thursday and we saw 64 today, right? Is that, those are the two low days? That sounds right. Um, yes. And um, I'm expecting the golf course will sort of stay the same. They're going to hide and tuck these whole locations. Um, and but with the way the wind direction will play, you'll be able to drive it on nine. You'll be able to drive it close to, um, oh, shucks. Uh, so nine, definitely 12. Then you've got the two par fives that are both reachable, the one with an iron. And then you can get a few short wedges in there early. So I don't want to, I don't want to be Bryson and give you a par number, but par is essentially for me sort of 69, 68-ish. So if Cameron Smith goes and shoots two 69s, that gets him to 19, right? 
So I would I would think it's kind of an arms race right now for 20 under par. So whatever those guys are, Scheffler, if if he gets himself to 20, which he's highly capable of doing the way he's playing, um, look, it's on. So so that's what makes this this contest so fascinating right now because we're not going to have the kind of conditions where the wind is going to blow some of the competition away. This is just going to be all about heart, skill, um, management of self in the moment, all of those sorts of things that you spend time practicing day in and day out, and you dream about the sort of stuff as a player and a coach, and now you've got the chance at the home of golf to lift that little jug. It's this big. It's not that big, yeah. Yeah, uh, and, <laughs> and, and it's not like you could get on the wrong side of like rainy weather or something. Uh, and we're all finishing on the 18th. It's not a shotgun start. So, I mean, this is perfect. It's, it's setting up for, for, for someone earning one of the most one one of the most coveted if not the most coveted prizes in the game moving day coming up saturday at the old course cannot wait we'll be back after round three and of course after round four to break hey, it all down i gotta stall you because i think you are skirting right now mr host oh, can no. we get a one and done league up you want you I, all i hear I is there's a lot thinking. of golf to be played anybody can come from as far back as they need to yet we need to do a one and done update at the halfway point okay you let's know do why it. you know hey, why right. and i'm I'll, I'll likely have to put my foot in my mouth but but i got so much heat for my Tyrrell hatton pick ha drop my mic yes jacob did I Jacob jump right in there? there? Yeah, I got you covered right here. <laughs> That's so good. Should have just dropped the ending on him. That's so good. <laughs> I was all in for that. You should have just cut it. That was good. Um, all right, here we go. Jacob and I, Jacob and I are out. Max Hoba. No. <laughs> Uh, Sia has Scotty Scheffler, but Sia needs about $9 million the rest of the way. Kyle has Dustin Johnson, probably too far back to matter. Uh, Greg has Jordan Spieth, who's lurking T24 or so. Coach has Ryan Fox. Fox missed the cut, didn't he? Yes, uh, he did. I think he, he did. He did. And okay. Homa beat him by one shot, which Coach and I had a showdown on. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, Jacob, put yourself in the uh, uh, so I can see you while, you, while you're saying this. He things. wants to look into yeah. your eyes. <laughs> so that he can see, see into your face. Uh, the fans, which uh, Kyle laughed and laughed and laughed and said, Patrick Cantlay, you guys are all idiots and morons and so stupid. Patrick Cantlay's T8. That's for the fans. But, but then, again, to, to what we spoke about, he, the way his mind works and the way he sort of dissects a course is almost one of the perfect candidates for this place. You know, he's, he's just Patrick. Uh, he's and so then hard. Mark. Uh, you are currently in the lead, and also your golfer, Terrell Hatton, is uh, T6 for the week. And I cannot – I laughed because I got to see him a little bit today when I was watching. And that bastard, I mean, he had some shots, and he just looks so aggravated at the stuff. And then he makes a birdie. <laughs> he's, he's thoroughly entertaining. He played so well, and then his post-round comments, like he was, he was just acting like he was upset. We're like, Terrell, you know you had a great day. It's okay. You can say it. <laughs> It's fine. You don't need to be upset at everything. He's, he's won twice around there, but both of those events that they take place in like, I think it's late October, early November. So it doesn't play anything like this. <laughs> I like how Mark right. and I are thing, by the way. We just got to point this out with the blue rope hats and then a red shirt as well. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't get the memo on the uniform for tonight. Mm. Yeah. Looks good, gents. I, I can't pull off the rope hat. I think it looks weird on my head. 
It's I this, like them though. Well, this one's too big for me too because I got I got a big head anyway. But I have to work on that. Looks good on you guys. All right, now we're done. We're getting out of here now. Producer Jacob does all the hard work behind the scenes. Mark Immelman, you can find him not only leading our one and done, but also on Twitter at Mark underscore Immelman. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. Catch you next time.